men are not often told that the hormones of the man change with the woman while that's happening. And a lot of times you can have testosterone drop by 50 to 75%. Cortisol levels go up. Your stress hormone goes up dramatically. Those things are like a combination for a disaster of a guy. So for me, it was really dialing in my health, trying to understand the biomarkers that were making me move and making me tick and why my sex drive was off. And then ultimately it was testosterone was a very easy solution for me. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. After their own health and infertility struggles and the resulting strain on their relationship, husband and wife Josh and Katie Whalen knew there had to be a better way than sterile clinics and subpar services to optimize health. Refusing to believe that this was their new normal, they founded Blokes Modern Men's Health and Joy Women's Wellness. Josh and Katie developed a team of experts, and together they optimize men's and women's health. They identify your specific issues and provide customized treatments to empower you to become your best self. Y'all, Jordan and I had an amazing time recording with Josh and Katie. It felt so good to have a back and forth dialogue about health. And not just surface level health, but health on a much deeper level and innovative health, proactive health. And so I just wanted to share that we enjoyed this conversation so much that we contacted Josh and Katie after the episode, really because we want to stay in touch with them. But we also contacted them and said, okay, so we're gaining benefit from working with you guys. Jordan's been working with them for a while. I'm considering slash navigating what it would look like for me to work with them right now. And the question I had was, what if people in our audience, what if they listen to this episode and they want to work with blokes for the men or joy, spelled J-O-I, for the women? Is there something we can do for them that would essentially incentivize them to take charge and to be proactive with their health? And so after the episode wrapped, we contacted them and they said that they would give all of our listeners 10% off of their services when you all use the code that sex chick, all one word. And so instead of breaking up today's episode and sharing this piece of information with you, or instead of waiting till the very end, I wanted to make sure that I shared it with you at the beginning, because I know once you get started listening to the official episode, it's going to hopefully provoke a lot of introspection and maybe you'll even have some ahas come online. And I want to make sure that you all know that you have a perk should you and an incentive should you decide to say yes to optimizing your health, your wellness, your well-being, your hormones, all of them. And for those of you who might be like me, even optimizing your fertility. So I love you all. I hope that you enjoy this podcast episode with the founders of Blokes and the founder of Joy. Enjoy. Hello, this is not Alexa. (laughs) But Alexa's here. But she is here. Mm -hmm. This is Jordan. Yeah. Mr. Bowditch. I've learned my lesson with just letting you have the show all by yourself without me present. Am I in trouble? No, not this time. Mm. Want to be in trouble? Kind of. Okay. Threaten me with a good time. Come on now. We got a little double trouble action, little double date ski up in here. Mr. and Mrs. Bowditch are joined by Josh and Katie. Say hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> they are from Blokes and they are bona fide biohackers. And I love me some biohackers. If you know anything about me, you know that I take no less than 111 pills per day. Supplements. Yes. <laughs> to clarify. <laughs> and I just, I love the art and science of hacking my biology to be a more capable, empowered, intelligent, healthy, feeling good and other buzzwords kind of person. And so I was connected to Josh, friend of a friend, actually Jessica's Wegg. Oh, really? Yeah, I've told you that, but I thought you might not remember. Oh, amazing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she's been on the show too. And I recently was on her show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, we just started a dialogue about biohacking stuff and he got me hooked up with some of the stuff that Blokes is doing. And so it was like, let's have them on the podcast and talk about this because it's a unique angle that we don't, we've never really gotten into on that sex chick. Yeah. And the angle that you're referring to is, and I said it just before, let's see if I can say it as gracefully now as I said it before 
we actually hit the record button, but being a couple, having a conversation with another couple about the impact that biohacking or the impact that functional medicine can have on an individual and then within a relationship. And then also on top of that, the impact that it has on fertility, hormones, etc. And so people who are listening to the intro of this show, this is what you're gearing up for. Mm -hmm. So buckle in, we're going to talk about hormones. We're going to talk about probably sex at some point, go figure. We'll talk about biohacking and we'll talk about how feeling good and understanding yourself from the inside out on a physical level, how that impacts how a person interacts with the world and then how they are able to show up within their relationships. Mm -hmm. That wasn't exactly what I said. That was more words, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that, was <very> beautiful. <laughs> that works. So I'd love to start with a little bit of y'all's story as it pertains to the development of blokes. What led you to creating this company? Blokes enjoy, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah. Don't forget the ladies. Don't forget oh, the ladies. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the ladies because they're far better consumers than us, Jordan. Yeah. Way that was better. toxic masculinity and I apologize. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to change that to conscious. Yep. Well, yeah, I'll start it off. It started as a personal struggle. And I've been in healthcare for almost 15 years. So this is kind of my jam. This is my groove. I feel comfortable with healthcare entities. But for the first time, I had started seeing some massive changes in my life. And the first person that really noticed it was my wife, Katie. And where she noticed it the most was in the bedroom. My sex drive has tanked. And things that were creeping in were creeping in too early in my mid-30s, belly fat, brain fog, all the usual suspects of low testosterone symptoms. And I went through the process on my own. A guy that's in healthcare, you would think would know a lot better ways to navigate this side of the sphere of health, but it was very specialized. So I went to primary care doctors and they told me I was on the low side of a range and they told me there was nothing they could do, just eat better, feel better, da-da-da. So I'm the messenger in this dance and I go back to my wife and I say, hey, listen, they told me nothing's wrong. She's like, well, why isn't your sex drive changed? And that's when I started clicking and saying, God, there's got to be a better way to do this. Now, ultimately, I ended up finding a hormone specialist that was very, very driven in functional medicine and hormones and peptide therapy and just living truly a better life outside of pharmaceutical medications. And that combined with my personal experience, we started blokes and we said, there's got to be a better way to deliver care that's more accessible, that's efficient, and still not going to suffer on the clinical side. And that's when blokes was born. And then we were fortunate enough to realize that a lot of people that were coming to our site was women. And they were either pushing their men towards it or signing them up. We don't know, but we knew a a vast amount of the people coming to our website was women. And we launched a women's line joy about six months later, but all in all, it started off with our personal struggles and the entrepreneurial side of us and healthcare said, we got to take advantage of this and we got to help more individuals. Yeah. The funny part is I will add to that. Like when it was such an intense struggle of him his libido being so low while I was trying to start a family, (laughs) while we were trying to start a family. So it was a really hard time in our marriage. And of course I had gained a bunch of weight. And I was of course thinking his lack of a libido was because I was not attractive. There was all these breakdowns of communication in our marriage. So the ironic thing was he didn't want sex in the beginning for years. And I was doing my fertility journey. Finally, after some struggles with fertility and then after having two babies, Six years later, I was just finishing breastfeeding my son. And then all of a sudden I had no libido. So it was kind of like, I was so upset with him for years and threatened divorce. And I then went through it myself years later going, oh shit, now I know what that's like to not have it. And you really don't care as much when you don't have it because you're not really noticing it. It's not affecting you, but your partner is the one that notices it. So we got Josh up to speed. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm good. Nope. I'm good. Thanks. So it's really important from like a couple's standpoint to be on the same page. Mm, Thank y'all for sharing that. Yeah. We so often hear versions like a similar story in the dynamic of couples, low libido. And typically we hit it from the angle of the more psychosomatic psychological stuff, which is a big element but oftentimes right. it's you don't very biological. Have, you don't want to have sex with someone that you don't actually like. <laughs> that is true for some people. And for some yeah. people, they like their person and they just are avoiding it for all these other reasons. And it feels like pressure yep. and 
Mm -hmm. And something that I come across often with guys in particular, because I generally work primarily with guys for the most part, is low testosterone is so common. And that is a big part of this equation. And so while more often than not, like I said, we're talking more to the psychological perspective, one of the first things I'll have my guys do if this is coming up low libido and just generally from the biohacker perspective is get your hormones tested. And so commonly that comes back. It's like, cool, well, hit that one because that is a very mathematical, logical thing that you can address at the onset. And then the other things will layer on top of that. Well, it's so funny you bring that up because Katie and I had these side conversations about what our missions are. Part of our mission is to save marriages because we almost lost our marriage. And I know this is like a hype dream, but I truly think that anybody that is on the cusp of getting a divorce, like going through the core system, they should be forced to get some type of hormonal test, some type of stress cortisol test before they can go that route. Because we're sitting here as entrepreneurs, we're sitting here as now biohackers, now married couple, this truly saved our marriage. This is not a BS billboard. This really saved our marriage. And that's why we're so passionate about it. That's why we do what we do now. When you say this saved our marriage, what is this specifically? Well, for me, it was getting my shit together and peeking under the hood. It was saying what's going on underneath that's causing this. Regardless of the guidance I got, there was other stuff that was happening. One thing that I was never told when Katie went through her pregnancy. So we had four miscarriages and two natural babies, and that's the best thing in the world. But men are not often told that the hormones of the man change with the woman while that's happening. And a lot of times you can have testosterone drop by 50 to 75%. Cortisol levels go up. Your stress hormone goes up dramatically. Those things are like a combination for a disaster of a guy. So for me, it was really dialing in my health, trying to understand the biomarkers that were making me move and making me tick and why my sex drive was off. And then ultimately it was testosterone was a very easy solution for me. So I've been on testosterone replacement for almost three years now, and it literally changed the game. It literally changed the game in terms of our marriage, me as a dad, me as a businessman, me as just an overall productive individual in the house. And that plays a massive role in marriage as well, just being more present and being a better husband, you know? So that was the solution for me. Thank you. And how mm-hmm. did, what was this for you, Katie? I'd say because Josh went through it first, I got a really good example of someone that was taking control of their health and changing things. So when I was done having my second child, I was 41. I was very overweight, brain fog. I feel like I couldn't do simple math, just sluggish and low motivated. But then also I had these two little babies to take care of. So I just felt a little overwhelming and like connecting with my husband was kind of the last thing on the list of things to do. So I think deciding to make a choice of, is this me now? Is this new mom now who I am? which is a whole another subject for like how women deal with the new identity of being a mom. But I had to decide like, is this the new me or am I going to do something about it? And so when I decided to do something about it and started working on myself and my health and balancing my hormones and getting not trying some peptides, it made a world of difference in how I felt about myself and how cared for myself. Instead of putting everything into my kids, I had room for myself and then was able to be a better wife and partner to Josh too. So mm, thank you for sharing your story. I so believe this is resonating with a lot of people right now. I think this is a very common dynamic. So something you've mentioned a couple of times, I think most people get more or less testosterone and the very basic hormones that have probably at least heard of supplementing with that kind of stuff. And I think we'll get more into that, but you've referenced peptides. I don't think a lot of people necessarily know what peptides are outside of like maybe they know collagen peptides as a supplement that is pretty hot right now. But when y'all say peptides, what are you referring to? Peptides are pretty freaking cool. They're technically short chains of amino acids. So you think of a protein as like a longer chain. I think it's a hundred and above chains of amino acids for a protein. Peptides are like zero to 50. So they're naturally occurring in our body and we've got thousands of them. And I kind of think of them as like a key that opens a door. So they tell your cells how to function or how to function better. So of course, our levels decline as we age. 
So we supplement with peptides to just do all sorts of things. And some of my favorites I did for weight loss and skin and hair, energy. Yeah, no, I think that sums it up pretty well. Where do I get those? (laughs) (laughs) Right here. At joywellness.com. Yeah, you got it. No, I think. Weight loss, skin and hair. Excuse me. Yes. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, I become fascinated just with this part of our human body and hormones are something that we don't talk enough about and how they control so many of our daily decisions and movements and drive. And and then peptides are these other really amazing molecules that are flowing through our body naturally. They've been around for a long time. They're all the rage, I think, because of longevity and the anti-aging community are really, really honing in on them. But people don't even realize insulin is a peptide and it's been around for 50, 60, 70 years. Insulin is also a hormone, but when it's injected in the body, it becomes a peptide. So there's a lot of familiarity in the space. I just think we're on the cusp of where we're going in terms of the development of peptide therapy for individuals. Yeah. And I'll, I want to add a couple pieces to that. So you sent me some BPC-157. I took a couple rounds of that. A, B, C, D, E, F, G? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I sounded really smart there, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. C-3PO. BPC-157. R2-D2. Uh, Horrible name. <laughs> <laughs> totally. They need to come up with a really sexy, flashy something or other. It's um, a peptide. It's a peptide. So I took it orally. I have several friends that take that inject it. One of my best friends destroyed his knee <laughs> in a wakeboarding accident. And he took BPC-157 for a, a long time as part of that recovery process. So that's another thing I don't think we explicitly mentioned yet, but for recovering and you referenced anti-aging. And I typically don't notice of all the 111 supplements I take per day. He's I exaggerating b 2 but but he does take a not lot. too much. I don't often notice any one thing doing something palpably distinct. That's a fun combination of words. That said, with this, I was being mindful to tune in. Is there something that I can perceive? And the short answer is yes, subtle, but nonetheless, I was like, oh yeah, I feel a little less achy. I'm recovering more quickly from workouts. Just a little extra pep in my step. See what I did there? Pep in my step because it's a peptide. peptide. There you go. I'm clever, aren't I? You're really underpaid. Thank you for that acknowledgement. (laughs) It's just so clever and skilled. So this is a fun little segue. I went to a standard, I guess you'd say Western doctor. Oh man, this was my fault. Yeah. This was my fault. I I did this to him. I've shared this with you, Josh. I have chronic wrist pain, my right wrist, and it ebbs and flows. I fell on my skateboard like 10 years ago and it's just something that's been reoccurring. Sometimes it hurts randomly. Other times something clearly affects it, but I play basketball and that's my shooting wrist. So it's really important to me to, for that not to freaking hurt. And so I've done all kinds of things. Well, I've done some things, but one thing I hadn't checked off the list that's been in the back of my mind is going to a regular old doctor. Yeah. Like a hand, wrist and finger Mm -hmm. doctor. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like an ear, nose and throat doctor, but from the wrist down. Yep. That was me. I just kept hearing him talk about how it was hurting him. And so I was like, we got to do something about this. So I go to the computer and I like wrist pain, Austin, whatever. And I'm like, oh, there's a wrist finger and hand doctor here. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Put his information in so that they'll bug him to make an appointment. That's so. what women do. See, you're underpaid. <laughs> I just started to, I, I mean, I just started doing this. <laughs> This occupying this role which <laughs> bless my beautiful wife's heart I'm trying to so be a caretaker I'm not used to it and I want to be fair here because you can tell we're teeing up maybe not the best picture painting of this experience they had great reviews and so I saw it I'm like cool like they are experts in wrist and finger stuff tiny bones yes and so great I'm gonna check this off the list because again been in the back of my mind for a hot minute I go in there and it was a complete fucking waste of time. <laughs> complete <laughs> waste of time. And it was, uh, you know, insurance paid for part of it. And then it was 150 bucks out of my pocket and homeboy didn't give me shit to deal with. That said, I'm sure if I had a broken wrist or something like that, he would have been totally the guy. Right. So that's why I want to be fair in this. Yeah. But so his response was after the x-rays and everything, I told him you know, what's been happening is, Oh, there's nothing wrong. It's just, 
deal with it the rest of your life kind of a thing. Kind of similar to what your experience was, Josh. Yeah. And then I mentioned, I was like, what do you think about peptides or stem cell therapy or that kind of stuff? And instantly it was like, nah, the science is just not there. Wouldn't recommend it. Science isn't there. Oh, man. So So then he got home and was like, well, let me just tell you about this really exciting hand and finger doctor I went to, Alexa. I was like, no, say it isn't so. He was like, waste of time. Though we know there's no fracture. Totally. We know there's no break. We know at least I was, yep. I, you know, me, I was trying to look for like what part was good. So at least we know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes. there's so much more available. Yeah. And that's what I was getting to with telling that story is we talk about healthcare. How do you think about healthcare versus preventative care or optimization and that kind of stuff? Well, you want me to go? Yeah, you. This is you. All so, you. You seem fired okay, up. So I've luxury. I think is maybe the word, but also the downside of it. I've been in healthcare for almost fifteen years, and I started off. I got my big break in healthcare with a company called Stryker. So I was pushing medical device implants and. I worked with those orthopedic guys, you know, they fix things really well, especially when they're broken or when they're torn. And I've also run practices where we were very hyper-focused in stem cells or regenerative medicine. And it was a very satisfying way to treat patients outside of surgery. And then we ran into issues with COVID where it shut that portion of our practice down because it was very expensive procedures. It was out-of-pocket costs. And then we started taking insurance and then we had to take, see 40 patients to do what we did with five. So I've kind of been there and done that. So I am passionate about it. And what I think of in traditional medicine right now is sick care versus what we do in preventative and proactive care. And sick care can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I feel confident that we have failed us people on preventative and proactive measures and We are really, really good at fixing bones and throwing pills at problems and then throwing more pills at problems to solve those problems. I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to revolutionize how people think and to empower themselves to make better decisions because your primary care may not be the only solution. Your orthopedic surgeon may not be the only solution. And I think it's a challenge as a consumer to weave the noise, but you have a responsibility to do that for yourself and the people around you. And hopefully we can be a beacon to help people make better decisions when it comes to proactive and preventative care. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Well said. I'm with you. Katie, do you have any insights? I just want to say Jordan makes me laugh with every comment. I don't know what- Great. Would you like like to be his wife? (laughs) No, I mean, (laughs) she's like, hold on. Uh, uh." I'm like, how about all the time? What about if he never changed and it was all day, every day? Yeah, this might be my first time actually meeting him. So it's new to me. (laughs) Well, this is also my shtick in response to his ridiculousness is to pretend like it's so any result. Yeah. Yeah, You probably have some thoughts on that too, though. I mean, I think going through the experience we went through with miscarriages and typical OBGYNs and then going the fertility route, like, I mean, we really, we worked with a phenomenal center in Colorado, CCRM is what it's called, and they're known as one of the best reproductive centers for fertility. And it was very expensive. You know, that is not sick care. Well, that is very pro- preventative and proactive elective type procedures, but you've gone through it just as much as I have as a patient. Yeah. I mean, I feel, yeah, I agree. There's a science is great and, and we've got a lot of tools that we're lucky to have. And I'm so thankful for that. At the end of the day, the funny part and the part that always eats you up is during our fertility struggles, we paid for all of the egg retrievals and drugs and procedures and labs and even had a surrogate queued up a couple of times. But in the end, I always actually got pregnant with my two babies naturally and had them naturally. So there is something, I guess, in my head or psychologically that happened with all of that. It still played a part because we got there, but at the end of the day, something in my brain to fix maybe. But no, I mean, I'm generally like, I think that you have to look at healthcare for sure as a holistic, how do you fix the root cause of what's going on? You have to dig deeper. And to do that in our industry, you have to really be your own advocate and say, you know what, this isn't normal. My lab's 
or if it is, you know, they always say in normal ranges in labs. And what I think of when I hear that is that they really take everyone that's going into the lab that doesn't feel well. And they average that all out and say, you're normal. Well, it's like, yeah, that's a bunch of people that don't feel well. And if that's what we're calling normal, then you certainly don't want to be included in that category. Right. Normal, not optimal. And I think people like us that understand that optimal exists and that's something that we believe that we can attain and have the resources to attain it, want to go for it. So a couple of things, I'm, of course, I'm sure that y'all know about, I wouldn't say that we have fertility struggles by any means, but we have had the first step on what could be. That's the step on a lot of people's when they say like my fertility journey, our fertility journey did start with miscarriage. And so hearing that that was something that you experienced and then went on to have two healthy babies naturally. And of course that is very inspiring. And so like a part of me, I don't want to say selfishly, but like a part of me, like definitely would love to hear how that journey looked for you and just kind of overarching what that looked for it like for you. And then kind of touching on the preventative proactive care that you were talking about. So this is kind of like two separate questions. Mm -hmm. One is more because like I'm interested and I'm sure that there are people also that are listening. They're like, I wonder what that looked like. But then kind of on the other side, the train that we were on, which is the proactive and preventative care. I'm curious about the steps that people can take in order to actually go for that. What does that look like? You can choose if you want to share which one you want to share first. Yeah, I mean, just touching on our fertility, you know, it was so funny when I look back at that. I feel like we were so naive. Mm. We got pregnant pretty easy and we were so excited and just going, oh, this is great. This is the first step and it wasn't that hard. And here we go. Our first baby, we found out had a, a fatal birth defect. We found out around 14 or 15 weeks. So I think what struck us really hard and started us off on this kind of downward spiral is that we were forced to make a decision, but I guess it really wasn't a decision. I mean, they said your baby will die at some point. You could carry it all the way and then it'll die when it's born or it could die at any point during the way. So, you know, we were forced to make that decision on how long do we, do we wait? And that was like, so heartbreaking because I didn't even know that could be a thing. Like, I don't think you did either. And we were like, wait, what? Like, this is something that we want though. And like, now we're forced to terminate. It was just a really shocking thing that we just didn't know could exist. So I think it woke us up. And I think that we didn't necessarily deal with it well as a couple, because we didn't get help to kind of like figure out like what the heck was going on. And so we kind of went separate ways in our minds. And I was like a warrior woman, let's keep going. We got to keep trying. And people kept telling me, you're going to get pregnant easy again. And then Josh, they didn't really pay attention to him, but he was really hurting too. He was like, I don't know if I can do this again right away. So we weren't communicating on that. And it caused some stress in our marriage. And I think that extra stress and the extra distance led to just some more miscarriages and issues before we finally got it figured out. So I think it's very important to make sure you open that communication, make sure you take care of obviously the woman, but also the guy too, because they have feelings and they're part of it as well. <laughs> There's some in there, right? <laughs> Thank you. I will say this, looking back, first of all, I was beat up. Like I remember the exact moment Katie called me because I was actually going into a case. This is when I had my medical device distributorship. And I was walking in to see a doctor and do a case with them. And fortunately, I had one of my partners with me. I'm like, hey, you go handle this. But it really beat me up bad. And I look back at it now, and I don't think we were totally honest with one another. And you would think that would be a very easy thing to do in a relationship after you've gone through so much emotional stress. I was not fully honest with her of like how I really felt. I was trying to be a man and be like, yep, I can get through this. I'm good. You know, even though I was emotional. And I was her rock, but I was struggling too. And she was struggling and we were just going separate pages because I truly did want to take a break from it. And I was like, I'm good. Like this really fucked me up. And she was like, no, it's my mission now. <laughs> so it was like, we're going on the wrong trains, you know? And I think for couples that listen to this or couples that if they ever have to go through this, you guys like just be so hundred percent transparent and honest about your feelings in this because it's not easy. I experienced a lot of crazy things last year with things I wasn't expecting to deal with, like my dad passing. But this is a club that you don't get rules for. There's no like handbook and it's a shitty club. But there's a lot of people out there 
that went through it. And the more honest and open you can be with your partner on this, the better it's going to be. Sex and Love Co. is officially back in bed with Yoni Pleasure Palace. We really are a match made in heaven. YPP continuously amazes me. Once a company known for their Yoni eggs and crystal pleasure wands, they have grown into a truly remarkable brand with many services and additional products like glass, steel, and wood pleasure tools for those of you who like a more natural element in your toy collection, as well as waterproof sex blankets. You know, that's one of my faves. Yoni steam herbs and stools strap-on harnesses, specialty vibrators, anal toys and prostate massagers, water and oil-based lubricants, breast massage oil, menstrual products, and so much more. If you can believe, I have quite a collection of things that fall under the category of adult products. By far, the most impressive part of my collection are the items I have by Yoni Pleasure Palace. Every purchase I make or gift that I give from YPP has an element of sacredness to it. And that truly takes them above and beyond any other brand I've tried or that I've worked with. I've got great news, my love. With our recent recommitment and partnership, Yoni Pleasure Palace has increased my code, that sex chick, from taking 10% off of your order to 15% off your entire YPP purchase. Hell yes. So head to the link in the show notes to add Yoni Pleasure Palace to your collection and use promo code ThatSexChick at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Head to the link in the show notes to add Yoni Pleasure Palace to your collection. And don't forget to use the promo code ThatSexChick at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Thank you. I know it's not easy to talk about those things, even like years and years from what I'm gathering afterwards, but I know so many people resonate, which is like, it's weird. I want to say it's unfortunate, but it just is. And I keep describing this on my side with the miscarriage thing, the women that I keep interacting with that are like, oh, me too. And the way that they have been with me, it's like the most beautiful fucked up club. That's how I've been (laughs) describing it. It's like a club and I've been initiated And for Mm -hmm. this weird, it's like for a fucked up reason. However, it is so beautiful the way that they've checked in on me and been so present with me and just the way that the bond that I feel towards other women that I know have gone through anything remotely close to that and the way that they feel towards me. It's like, I really wish I didn't have to go through this thing to get this like really beautiful thing. And so, yeah, it is totally real. And I'm sure, Jordan, as you were talking about the like, and now I'm a warrior and it is my mission. I just felt him internally being like. Really? <laughs> and yeah. At me, because because as soon as it was done, I was like, oh, no big deal. Like people say you're extra fertile after. Let's look at the bright side. Like this is so common and all these things. And I'm going to work my mindset around it. And then I wound up needing all this medical intervention after. And I was in a position where it felt like all these decisions needed to be made really quickly. And I didn't have enough time to really look in to what this was going to actually do to my body and if there were other options or any of that stuff. And so I was ready to just jump right back in. And in a lot of ways we did jump right back in. However, my body wasn't prepared nor ready for any of those things. And so emotionally I was trying to do something physically, it wasn't going to happen. And then needing the medical intervention on the other side of it, it fucked me up. Like I needed an entire season of life to check out. And I feel oddly fortunate that I don't have other family members that need me. Like very recently when I was going through this, I feel grateful that I like don't have other children that needed me while I was like in the void. Because when it first happened, I was like, oh, this sucks and I'm going to be okay. And then as it just kept going, I realized, oh, I'm actually not okay. But this spurred me into action. And it's another one of those like fortunate, unfortunate kinds of things. I've already done a bunch of stuff, work with functional medicine and all of that, but it had been a year. And so I'm like, what's going on? Because the Western medicine and all the people on the internet will be like, it just happens. Mm -hmm. It just happens. And it's not your fault. And I'm like, okay, well, I understand it's not my fault. But then they're like, but there's nothing you could have done. And I'm like, what thing do I want to believe? Because my ego 
wants one thing and like my heart and my soul wants one thing, but I want to know the truth. Is there something that I can be doing that makes it to where I am in optimal position for fertility? Both of us. And I already don't. So when you Google it, it's like, don't drink alcohol, don't smoke. And I'm like, well, I already don't do those things. I don't take 111 pills, but I take probably 40 30, well, somewhere between 20 and 30 on any given day. But you know what I mean? And I'm a conscious person with my day to day. And so. Yeah, it's, this is a club, right? Like we're in this club together. And if you go to the Googles of the world, they're going to tell you everything that you know you're not doing. I think it's a really interesting thing for a couple to go to, but I will tell you, you get back on the bike. And it does work out. And I will say for our issues, my personal opinion is the mental barrier that Katie was had and maybe the mental anguish that was like so driven to do that. As soon as we had a goalie in the net, this is literal because we dropped close to probably $150,000 on fertility stuff that we'll never get back. As soon as we were on that goal line, we got pregnant and it was successful. It was like the most amazing thing that could ever happen. But It was a mindset. And then she did so many things physically that we never even thought about or that you thought about acupuncture, the seeing Sarah. There was just so many things outside of just a Google search that I think helped us get along in our journey. I will say, I do think I cannot take a hundred supplements a day because I can't stomach it. But I will say when I did a couple egg retrievals or three And one of them was really heartbreaking because I had like 17 going, they took out 14 and none of them were good quality, got nothing, heartbreaking. And then I found out, they didn't tell me this before for some reason, but they then gave me this supplement protocol and I did get on about 35 to 40 a day. And then I was able to go from zero to three good ones. So I do think there is a lot you can do for egg quality and it sounds like you're already doing it, but I do think that's important for people. In that aspect, there are certainly things you can do proactively and optimization-wise to help with egg quality. Yeah. So let's follow that thread a little bit, specifically in the realm of fertility, if there's any more to uncover there from a biohacking, optimization, proactive approach, and then anything else in the realm of the low testosterone and just some of these things. My real question is, can the weight loss peptide increase fertility? Oh, the most frustrating thing is being a pregnant woman is basically you can't do anything. Anything, I know. Ever. Anything ever. Well, there's one thing maybe you can mention that. But uh, in general, you can't do anything. Yeah. I will say, so in terms of peptides, and NAD is not a peptide, but I kind of put it in that category of biohacking. There is a study that came out recently about that and NVM. Yeah, NMN. NMN. I just started saying that. The precursor. So that plus NAD helps. I do believe that there is studies that show it helps with egg quality and like prolonged, like as women are getting older, having babies older, it's helpful in that area to save some of that quality. But I don't think it's like a firm, like, you know. You know, so much of functional medicine 10 years ago was like total quackery. It was like snake oil stuff. And I wouldn't say that's what we do. But like some of it is still, I guess, French, like peptides isn't, you're going to go into your orthopedic surgeon, you're going to go, ah, no, that's not a New England Journal of Medicine proved. And there's not double blinded placebo controlled studies, blah, 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 which doesn't actually say anything. Cause you can look back at so many of those studies that have been flawed now, opiates for one, but some of this is still technically needs research, but a lot of it is founded from just standard clinical practice with people nutritionists, functional medicine, naturopaths that have been doing this for years, that is now kind of coming more to the mainstream. And I think it should. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sitting with labs that just came back because we keep taking, keep saying things like labs. And I think when people sit, whenever people generally hear labs, they think, well, they go to the doctor and they say, I want labs on this thing. But some of the things that I just got like labs, I want to use air quotes for some reason. I don't think I could just go into a primary care physician and be like, I want to know if I have mold in my body. Like I want to know. So I have like a mycotox report. I just got back. I got a GI map recently. So I have those results that are sitting waiting for me to have someone who understands them, read them to me. And then I just, for the first time, which I imagine you guys work with a Dutch plus 
So I've never done a Dutch test before, but that's like cortisol and all the different hormones. And so I just imagine that if I were to go into my primary care physician and I'm like, I want to know all of these things inside of me, they would be like, Oh, let's Why? see if your sugar's good. Or I don't know. I just made that up. I don't know what they would just let's see if you got good <laughs> calcium. I don't <laughs> drink your milk. Oh no, no, I don't know if that's right. What they probably would tell you is why. What do you need that yeah. for? Yeah. What are you doing? They're so oh, By the way, that's not covered under insurance. Right. You know that, right? Yeah. Oh, and then they're going to probably argue with you and say, I'm not going to do that. You're fine. You're fully capable. You're healthy. Right. Eat more fiber. Uh, we, totally. Yeah. <laughs> or go to the newly food pyramid where they tell you Lucky Charms is more, oh, you know, dude. is better than steak. It's like, what's going on? But it's good that you're owning that journey because that's what it's going to take. And getting out of maybe the traditional comfort zone of a standard PCP who lives and breathes off of insurance-based medicine we believe in labs immensely. We say we test, we don't guess, but there's also an art to asking and sitting down with the patient and asking good questions. Like, what are your goals? What are your needs? What's going on in your life? Maybe the labs correlate, maybe they don't because labs truly are just a snapshot in that time, but they're a really, really good starting point to have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. What I'm curious about with regards to labs a year after getting them done originally is different than before. I had a bunch of gut stuff going on at that time. And so was dealing with lots of bacterial overgrowth and all kinds of stuff. And I think some people have been told that, oh, those things are not real. Oh, none of that stuff's actually real. However, I wasn't pooping for like days at a time. I was having the most challenging time with elimination. And for years, I had my gallbladder removed when I was 17. And so it was really fucking with me. And it was fucking with me mentally and physically. And of course, that was affecting our relationship. Who wants to have sex if you haven't pooped in two days? It's so painful and bloated and really unattractive. And like, it's just really not cool. And so that was my previous year this time. So I went through a whole protocol and everything. And I go to the bathroom every day now since doing that. So even though it was probably more sex, you're having more sex. It was thousands and thousands of dollars to like supplement and test and blood and all these things. But now a year later, I'm so glad that I did it because I know that if I would have gone to a regular doctor and like we said at the beginning of the podcast episode, regular doctors, they serve a really awesome purpose. This is something different. And people go to them seeking what they need in holistic care, and they're just not going to get it. And so anyway, if I would have gone to a regular doctor, then they would have given me some antibiotic that I looked up online that they typically give for SIBO, and it would have helped in the short term, very close short term, but then it would have fucked my entire gut biome up again, and I would have possibly wound up with it, the whole situation, even worse. And then have be in this like cycle with having to continue getting this prescription and this whole deal. And so I just wanted to avoid, I wanted to go to the root cause of it. So speaking of a little bit more on the like lab front and the preventative care, this is like the other bucket that I was originally trying to position. I'm like, how do I make both of these topics? How can we hit both of these topics when I'm really personally interested in the fertility route? But I want to make sure that the podcast is, of course, very well-rounded for everyone. And so I just mentioned a few tests that I have taken recently with regards to, it's kind of like preventative care, but like I did recently have a miscarriage. So I'm curious, is it one of those things that's just on the list of it was going to happen and there was nothing I could do about it? Or is there possibly something going on inside of me that once I look under the hood, like you mentioned, once I look under the hood, I can go, oh, there's an area that I can make more optimal. I can be better or I can do, I can actually do something for myself in that situation and possibly have a better outcome next time we give this a go kind of thing. So I wouldn't necessarily call it preventative care, though I do know people that get that do these kinds of testing in labs every six months or every year just to see what's there. So I named a few. What does it look like for you guys in y'all's practice? You know, we are very, very heavy into blood testing. And we talked about this earlier, an inch wide, a mile deep into blood testing. We still feel that that tends to be the gold standard in so many different things. And we believe in taking larger snapshots in that moment. What I think has happened, and we talked a lot about physicians, I don't blame modern physicians kind of dealt the cards that they're dealing with, right? And they're dealing with a lot of insurance. And that really takes away how 
providers care for you. It really does. And we eliminate that and we really try to focus on larger labs at one time to really be able to take a good deep approach into what's going on mixed with experience in hormones, experience in lifestyle, experience in nutrition to then be able to guide not only off the labs, but based off of your needs and your goals and your symptoms. And I think one of the things that anybody listening to this has to be aware of is you may come in wanting to get this, but you may not get it with a primary care. Like you got to own that journey and you got to get more than one or two markers ran at once because else it's pointless. Like you're just reacting to those markers where we've really believed that larger blood panels is a really good way to diagnose a patient and help them. Yeah. And I would say, Alexa, we don't, I think that you're doing everything that you can, which is like beyond what most people do. So bravo to you. And I think that'll also help your mind. Sometimes that just like gives us the peace of mind that we're doing everything that we can. There's certainly a portion of things that we can't control. Joy doesn't specifically deal with fertility. A lot of our peptides and products and hormones that I think are sweet spotted, like right after you've had your babies and you feel like crap and your hormones are crazy and you want to get back to feeling well. So in terms of fertility, I can only speak on like my personal journey, which is not very scientific, but as far as joy, it's more like we kind of capture the woman when she's done with that journey and feeling like ready to look better, feel better. Julie noted, because I intend to be there (laughs) at some point in the next handful of years. You will be. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. So we did speak on the preventative proactive side. Now, what do people symptom wise, because I'm sure that there's a number of people that are like, okay, I'm curious about peptides. I'm curious about all these different things that we've been talking about. I'm curious what you see the most as far as people showing up and the symptoms that they have. What's some of the stories that you've heard maybe multiple times over? I feel like women start to feel really crappy in their late thirties, early forties. Like all of a sudden I'm really tired. I can't sleep. My anxiety has gone through the roof. I feel crazy. And a lot of times that gets met with you're fine. Your labs are normal or here's an antidepressant. So that's the biggest story I hear. Like something's wrong. I don't know what it is, but I don't feel good. I feel like crap. What is it? That's what I think we're really good at treating. A lot of times For women in their 40s, your progesterone first starts to really drop in perimenopause. And that's like your calming stress anxiety hormone that helps you like sleep through the night. And obviously you guys know sleep is like so important for all the other things. So it kind of is like a snowball effect. So you mean after babies, then you go (laughs) into your 40s and then progesterone fucks you up? It's not even the kids anymore? It's like one thing. It's like assault after assault for us women. (laughs) yeah so get ready you're in it i will tell you katie got on progesterone and it literally put her to bed like her mind was racing all over you know waking up at two three four in the morning and it was something that we kind of even overlooked in our practice and then we're like oh wow your progesterone is really low and she got on it it was like almost immediately it's like a miracle thing for women yeah. It really is. I'll tell you for, from, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Nope. That, that was it. Ready for I, you. I, ready for you. Men, on the other hand, it's very similar to women. Like when you start crossing that 30 year old threshold, the body just starts changing. The mind starts changing. For men, testosterone is a very, very important thing. But a lot of guys are coming with fatigue, lack of energy, libido issues, brain fog, gaining weight in areas that they typically didn't plateauing in the gym, like, Hey man, I just can't lift a a pound more. And that's our sweet spot. A lot of times we see a lot of guys that maybe think they're great performers, but are very high stress. And I don't think we're talking about cortisol enough in society and how impactful the hormone that is to the human body, men and women. And it is an antagonist to so much of your optimization. And if you're high stress, you're probably not sleeping. And if you're getting poor sleep, you're not recovering and everything else is going to suffer because of that. So we see a lot of guys who biohackers or athletes, or maybe C-level guys that are very high stress that have horrible, horrible scores and they feel it too. So that's kind of our sweet spot. And that's what we see a lot of. So 
Thank you. People don't have to do this testing and the lab work and all that by finding something. Like I imagine people are listening to this and they're like, how do I find someone to run these labs for me? I know that you guys have mostly solved that conundrum, that dilemma with Blokes and Joy. So I love to just hear a little bit about the services and what's available for Blokes and for Joy. That way people can bridge the gap between what they are curious about right now and maybe even hearing in what you've been describing, maybe parts of themselves in that description or in that story, like how can they take some action? I think the first bit of advice would be, be honest with yourself. What is going on, right? Is there a symptom that you are ignoring? A lot of people go, oh, you're a mom now, so you have mom brain. But actually not being able to think clearly isn't something you want to live with for the rest of your life. So like address it, be honest, and don't just ignore those things. And then listing your symptoms and then also get your labs done. That'll tell you a lot right there. So those two things are super super easy. And we try to make it pretty easy and inexpensive to get labs done. We can send you to a lab core or quest, or we could also send a phlebotomist to your house. So there's a lot of good options there. And right now we're working on some at-home lab kits as well, which will be coming up soon. Yeah. That's for your lungs, right? Uh, No, it's for this. It's to draw your blood. Yeah. So we have a national contract with a group that provides these services. Well, it's there in about 80% of the country. So all the major metros they can service, but it's a great way to just sit at your couch and get your blood drawn or work or whatever. And like Katie said, we're on the one yard line of doing some robust at-home panels where we send the collection device to you, you prick your finger, and then you send it back to the lab. The one thing I will add is to Katie, like, listen to your partner. Like, I, man, I can't tell you, I wish I would have listened to her like on the first time, not the 400th time, because it changed my life. I'm finally like feeling good and healthy and I'm 40. I felt way worse in my mid thirties and you made your partners likely going to notice it before you do, because these are chronic symptoms. These are things that happen over time and listen to your partner and take action quicker we're, for your guys' viewers, like I would tell them, find somebody who practices in a functional medicine setting. If it's not us, like we can serve, but there's a big pie out there. Find somebody that practices with a functional mindset. And that can be a primary care, it can be an internal med doc, it can be anybody, because you're going to get a much more full scope of how to operate on a day-to-day basis. And maybe I'll start wrapping this up with... I think we're on the cusp of a radical revolution in the healthcare industry, and y'all are on the cutting edge of that. And it's something that is really exciting and encouraging to me. I read this book somewhat recently. I don't even remember the name of it, but it's basically, (laughs) it's the science and art of growing young, I think is the name of it. And it was just so fascinating. And a lot of the stuff that it's talking about is in the same vein, another little fun pun there, huh? Of what y'all are up to. Where it's like, okay, imagine if a person come over, we got a testing kit at our house that was sent once a week or even something that's connected to a device that is hooked up to an app on our phone. And in real time, every day, we have all of our vitals, all of our blood work, all of our vitamin nutrient levels tracked, and we are getting supplements sent monthly, weekly, or even daily to address those gaps. And That is like very much the future of this industry. And I suspect that y'all are continuing to like kind of explore that as it sounds like you are at the one yard line with some of those things. And yeah, I'm just so grateful to know you, to be connected with people like y'all that are committed to this work. It's something I'm very passionate about personally. And I just see it helps so many people, myself included. And one little fun side note thing I want to reference As part of support from y'all, in one of our first conversations, I had gotten my second scope bite on my fucking forehead where, what, what are you having me do, baby? I like having the microphone very close to my face because it feels powerful. I always want to adjust him. Yeah. She loves to micromanage me. It's a really beautiful It's really attractive. It's great for our polarity. Yes. But back to the- Scope bite. Convo and scope bite. My second, which is- For anybody who's ever gone hunting or shot a rifle, it's when you have your head too close to the scope and the kick fucking bites you. And 
mine had just healed like a couple months earlier, the first one I got, because it's a pretty gnarly process for that to happen. So I have like a Harry Potter scar in the middle of my forehead. But one of the things I got from y'all was this anti-aging cream serum that I was putting on my forehead every day for, I don't know, the better part of a couple months. And no question, it healed way faster and left way less of a scar because I had a point of comparison. I had the first scar and then the second one right next to it. And they're very, very similar. So there can be, you were having fun with the weight loss stuff. There's the more, you could say, aesthetic benefits to this. And then the stuff that is the more like deeply internal and it's all valid and lovely. So thank you all from the bottom of my heart and our hearts. You've had three scope bites, haven't you? No, I've had two. Are you sure? I've had three, you're right. <laughs> no, so I've did it once, and the second time it was a All light one. All the hunters who are listening to this are <clears throat> like, oh, so damn, bro, like just get another hobby. Uh, I know, and I just keep going back. The second time I just hit it, the same one that hadn't healed yet and reopened it and it wasn't nearly as bad. And And then then, the third one was you put it next to the first one. Yeah. It It was was my, our friend group was like, are you kidding me? But to his defense, he was shooting different guns each time that he wasn't used to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but that's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. I like that. I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, I did kind of mean to interrupt your like, as you were rounding it out. Yeah. Well, I think we just picked up a marketing angle. Like we're going to sell this peptide cream to hunters. Hunters? It's over. We're done. (laughs) I'm sure they are really interested in making sure their scars heal properly and not like wearing them like a war, like war paint, you know, or whatever. Well, this pretty boy is concerned with that. So once again, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. This is like the end in here, I think. But I'm fascinated by this conversation and I want to inject myself with all kinds of things. So just going to go to joy after this and like see the menu. But that's a question that I have then. Let's round it out with that. So people who do want to work with blokes or do want to work with joy, how do they do that? Yeah. Find us on IG. That's where we hang out the most. Joy is at joy women's wellness. Blokes is at get blokes, right? Yep. And then obviously our website's blokes.co and choosejoy.co is where all the magic starts. We just have a quick online form that takes about three to four minutes. Literally, it's three to four minutes. Our team contacts you the same day. We help you determine the labs that are necessary. And then once you get that done, we put you on the agenda with one of our medical providers, doctor, nurse practitioner, and everybody in our system is assigned a coach, a health coach that helps with nutrition and lifestyle and guidance along with the prescription therapies. So, yeah, very holistic. Okay. Amazing. I love that. Thank you for the work that you are doing. I'm sure so many people like hear this ending and they're like, oh my gosh, all of that. And you don't have to physically be in the same location. So, you know, if they're out in some place that is, it's really hard to get this kind of care. It's great that maybe they can go to a major metropolitan area and get their labs done, but all of the coaching and follow-up and all of that happens online, which makes it significantly more accessible and much, much easier to get this type of care. The last time I did I did a conversation or released a podcast that was like this on our show, it got a lot of attention. And the functional medicine doctor that we actually had on the show wound up, that's the person who's doing my current, like my labs that are not blood, like poop and pee and spit, which is a whole lot of fun. It was a very humbling I'm process. I'm very turned on. Very yeah. humbling process. <laughs> it's like, what do these things tell me about myself? Do you literally pissed? spit and shit and tubes <laughs> every hour on the hour. It was, it was spit and pee. It was spit and pee. It, yeah. it was for cortisol and other hormones and stuff. It was like yeah. my waking cortisol and my like after 30 minutes and then an hour and then any hoozle. But I just remember there were some people and even close friends that wound up listening to that show. And my show is that sex chick. This is seemingly like, where does this topic fit into all of the topics? However, I have so many people that wind up coming to me because they want to get better at sex and relationships. And then I kind of like do this little sneaky angle where I'm like, Hey, BT dub, your health is impacting your libido, your drive, your function, all of that. And while some of it 
a lot of our podcast episodes are going to cover that, but like some of it is your communication and how you navigate certain things and challenge and whatever with your partner or knowing your desires. And then there's a whole other sub section of this that is your actual physical wellness, your mm. hormones, et cetera. And so my hope is that people are listening to the show and that they're going to reach out to y'all, that they're going to hear this and that they're going to take they're going to have the aha moment of like, it's time for me to fucking do something. Mm. It's time for me to take action. And so at the end of the day, like someone who's listening might go to your website, might do the consultation and be like, it's how much to do these things. You can't afford not to do it straight up. You cannot afford not to do it. And if you have the means not to sacrifice on your health and well-being and the health and well-being of your relationship, don't sacrifice. Get him, baby. Don't. I have a little quick piece to add to this because right, it's very tiny. We're over an hour, so I'm going to karate chop I'd be you. remiss if I didn't. Do you all accept HSAs? I'm almost certain you yes. do, right? Yes. Right. So that's a health savings account. I've had one now for two years. We have one. This is one of the best unknown aspects to address this kind of stuff. So it is a, without getting too much into it, it's a government sanctioned supplemental healthcare savings account that is untaxed. So it comes out of your paycheck. It goes into account. You can have up to $3,800 a year in this. And if you don't, whatever you don't use that year, it can go directly into an investment account. So this is y'all, I don't care who you are, even if you're not ever going to use this, great. It becomes an investment that's untaxed, but you can use those funds for things like this. And it has been huge for Lex and I and her fertility process and a lot of this preventative proactive care that isn't covered by insurance. You can use something like that. So don't sleep on that. It's really valuable. I thought the note that I was going to leave it on was more powerful. I had to say that though. It would have been just had like, to say the I know it's not sexy, anyway, but it's changing effective. Changing lives. Come All right. Now. Blokes enjoy. Any last mm. words of encouragement for our people who came here to listen to a podcast about sex, but instead got bamboozled with their health. <laughs> own your own health journey. And thank you guys both so much. You guys are so freaking fun to talk to. <laughs> thank mm. you for having us. Yeah. Y'all are lovely as well. Seriously, like you guys rock. Next time we're going to have to do this in person or cocktails or whatever, you know, shakes, whatever we're deciding we're doing at the moment. I don't know. Might be too healthy. It might not be drinking. It might be drinking. But yeah, thank you so much, guys. I love it. Yeah, Josh and Katie was lovely dropping in with y'all. Yeah, more please. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.